Hello. Welcome back to the Payoff Podcast. This is your Indiana women's basketball podcast for the Indiana Daily Student. I'm Will Foley. Matt Press here. And joined by Matt Seabree. We last talked after Indiana uh, handled Rutgers, beat Ohio State, all that. Uh, this, this week, they beat Minnesota handily, got a little bit of a test from Purdue, and then they beat them handily. And on the horizon, number five, Iowa. Got a big week ahead of us, but first, let's take a look back. You guys want to start covering those games? Oh, yeah. So we started with away game against Minnesota, 77-54 victory for your now number two Indiana women's basketball Hoosiers. Game went about as expected, 20-6 to in the first quarter. And then a little bit of a fight from Minnesota, but ultimately nothing too too scary for the Hoosiers. They handled things. Holmes had 28. She was herself. Really, really, really young Minnesota team. We could tell the inexperience was obvious. Pretty ugly offense, honestly. But, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I mean, you know, that's, that's what it was. 77-54 was your score of Indiana at Minnesota. Yep, and that was a... Uh... That was a bit of a return game for Sarah Scalia. Um, obviously played her first three seasons of college for Minnesota. Was their best player those at least two of those three seasons. You could argue even her freshman season. She was, I mean, she was a starter. She was one of the best players. Um, the Minnesota fans did not appreciate her uh, all she had done for the program, though. They they booed her. Uh, <laughs> they, <laughs> thank you to uh, uh, men's basketball columnist Bradley Hohulin for creepily looking through the window at us. Um, uh, yeah, uh, the Minnesota fans booed uh, Scalia uh, frequently at the start of the game and throughout the game. Uh, Sydney Parrish did not like the fact that that happened. She uh, made her thoughts known afterwards of that game. But then IU obviously traveled to Purdue Um Yesterday for us, uh, as, as we speak on Monday, February 6th, that game happened yesterday on Sunday, um, went up to West Lafayette, sold out Mackey Arena, uh, sold out Mackey Arena, but I mean, there were, it was like a quarter IU fans, at least, uh, maybe even a third, if you want to be a little generous. Big showing. Um, they were loud, too. Yeah, a lot of cream and crimson at the end of the game. There were chants of who, 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 Hoosiers uh, and go IU. Um, yeah, it was, it was a rivalry game. That's, uh, um, yeah, it was, it was a great rivalry game. That's about it. Yeah, it was a great game. Uh, love the atmosphere. 14,876 in Mackey, if you had not said that already. Yep. Um, I struggled in the first half, had a five point lead at halftime. Mackenzie Holmes had two points at halftime. And then she came out firing. Those, those two points coming, by the way, on a breakaway layup. Breakaway like, layup. Had no break. success. Only was able to get a single shot off when IU actually set up its half-court offense. Yeah, and then she comes out just to drop 13 in the in the second half, including first she gets going in the paint, then she hits an elbow jumper. Then she stretches pick and pop for three. Mackenzie Holmes showing off the range. Uh, two in a weekend, like Matt said. Uh, Stanford, who was number two, lost at Washington. And then the Hoosiers also jumped LSU. They're the number two team in the country. And looking forward to Thursday night, they play number five, Iowa. Yep. 
Number five, Iowa. Maybe the most anticipated regular season game this year. I think a little more than Ohio State. I'm expecting bigger attendance in Assembly Hall. Got Caitlin Clark. No, we'll 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 get a little bit of Caitlin Clark later. Uh, lot forty-two, I believe, against Maryland. Is that forty-two? Yeah. Is that right? Forty-two. Yep. Hung forty-two on Maryland. I believe nine triple doubles she has now, and she has just been as dominant a player as there is in women's hoops. And Monica Sinano also, as we as we well know, very dominant, especially against Indiana. <laughs> Evan Gerke. Hello to Evan, men's yes. basketball IDS reporter. Maybe making a celebrity appearance. appearance. Something you'd like to say, Evan? Uh, so, yes. Um, this is Evan Gerke, uh, host of the Five Banner Banter podcast. You can't promote yourself here. <laughs> hey. No? Okay. Um, I'm cutting this part, anyways. Okay. Oh, you do editing of this? Slight. There's no way you edit. I don't. Yeah, no anyway, um, the adapter is in the baseball glove. I'm going home. Have fun with your podcast. Um, I hope. Thoughts on Caitlin Clark? I, I think she's incredibly talented. Is this getting cut or not? Yeah, no. No, no. We'll keep this in. She's incredibly talented, and I am looking forward to the battle between her and Grace Berger. Sounds good. Editor-in-chief Helen Rommel, do you have anything you want to say? I don't think I do. I've been asking to be a guest on this podcast, but if I am a guest, I will have nothing to say. Would you like to say hi to your mom? Uh, mom, if you're if you're listening to this, um, I don't have anything to say about mom either. <laughs> <laughs> That's so bad. Uh, Last hi, mom. question. But, oh, yeah. Will you be at the game Thursday night? There's like a 50-50 chance. Score there prediction. What? Score prediction. Oh, my God. Okay. I can't do that. Fair enough. I, I don't know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you and to our that, surprise guests. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> nice little cameo there. Yeah, there we go. Fellow IDS people. But um, Iowa. So I watched back some uh, Big Ten Tournament Championship today, which I'm sure you remember very well. But um, That was to Matt Seabree. That was, was at yes, the game. <laughs> my apologies. This is not a visual podcast. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm interested because Cardano Hillary had kind of the main guard of Clark in that game. So I'm kind of wondering who do you guys think is going to get the main assignment? Because Pat Berg had a lot of Clark, too, who's obviously no longer a player. So is it going to be Chloe, Grace? Yeah, I mean, I think... I think, like we've seen when IU faces really high-talented players uh, so far this season, it's not going to be one set player. Uh, they're going to they're going to share that responsibility. And I mean, look, you have to against Caitlin Clark. There is no player in the country who can just oh yeah, we'll just put you on Caitlin Clark and that's it. There's not a player in the country that's that good defensively because Caitlin Clark is just that effective. Um, so, yeah, I think it'll probably be Chloe Moore McNeil. I mean, she had, what, four first quarter steals Steals. yesterday? Yep. Uh, IDSnews.com, I wrote about Chloe Moore McNeil. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, uh, sorry. Um, so, yes, I think it'll be her. I think uh, Paris will probably slide onto her a few possessions. Grace Berger will probably have her for a few possessions. Um, yeah, I think I think it's going to have to be a team effort um, to get it done. Yeah, I think Chloe Moore McNeil will draw the primary assignment, but I really like a matchup of Parrish on Caitlin Clark. If she can stay out of foul trouble, she has the size and she has the length, and I think the the toughness with which Sydney Parrish guards people and defends people 
is one that would really annoy Caitlin Clark. I mean, just get in her head and disrupt her mentally. I think, you know, it's hard to do that to someone as talented. Like, and Caitlin Clark, she's not the most composed player on the floor, but she's not the least composed player on the floor either. But I I think Sydney Parrish could could really uh, give her some problems out on the perimeter. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Clark averaging this season 28, 37% from three, eight boards a game. So I'm she, pretty sure number two in the country on points per game. Something yeah. ridiculous like that, yeah. Eight assists per game. Eight ass- yeah, eight assists <laughs> per game. It was in the 23 games she's played this season, it was something like she's led the team in points 22 times. She's led the team in rebounds, I believe, 14 times, and led the team in assists 13 times of those 22 games. All-around player. And also, you can't just worry about Caitlin Clark because, as we know, their center, 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 Monica Sinano, who will be matched up with Mackenzie Holmes, and then also McKenna Warnock, who's a bit of a nice piece for them, averaging 11 on the year with some nice three-point percentages there. So it's going to be a big task defensively for Indiana. Yeah, I mean, uh, the thing with this Iowa team, kind of just to give a more uh, – sort of step back overview this Iowa team they're starting five if you watched IU women's basketball last season and you watched that Big Ten championship I was rolling out the same starting five same as last season when they won the Big Ten and it's not like they've gotten any worse uh they only have four losses on the season and they are two um let me double check just make sure I get it right but um they lost to UConn cool yep NC Uh State all right uh, Kansas State, by one point at the beginning of the season, bit of a surprise there, but it's not a bad Kansas State team. No, I think And then uh, I was one loss in the Big Ten coming into this game was against Illinois on the road. And obviously— a damn good team. Yeah, Illinois, well. yeah. the surprise of the Big Ten this mm-hmm. season, without a doubt. Um, it, That's—yeah, that is not a uh, bad loss by any means. Oh, yeah, and also not to mention— and in East Lansing, where Grace Berger-less Indiana lost their lone Big Ten game, uh, went to overtime, Iowa did, but they were able to pull out a win. So Real weird Michigan State team in general this year. Very like, weird <laughs> Michigan State team. Uh, Indiana did not have to see that team again. But, yeah, I mean, Iowa, you know, they come in averaging a cool 88 points per game, but they are certainly beatable. I mean, they've lost four games, which is three more than Indiana has, and especially in a road environment, this game is ginormous on so many levels with the Big Ten race, and not only that, I mean, this is like a one-seed race practically. I, you would have to think the the winner of the Big Ten will almost be a lock for a one-seed, and if you're looking at the schedule, I know you have to win the game first on Thursday, but if you're looking forwards at the schedule you know a couple weeks back you'd look at you'd compare schedules and you think oh indiana might have the worst of it because they have to play ohio state twice and iowa has to play maryland twice and now you've kind of seen what's going on and ohio state's unraveling and they're just on a on a downfall and it looks like indiana might have the better of that schedule so you take a home win here and if you can pull off if indiana can win at home on thursday and they can win in Columbus and then win the other games that they're supposed to, they can lose in Iowa City and still win that outright Big Ten championship. Mm, yeah, I mean, 
that yeah, you talked about the Ohio State slide. So they're not out of everything, but definitely less to worry about. It's going to come down to these next two games with Iowa Thursday and then the last game of the year, February 26th, which, as you mentioned, also will have the number one seed implications as well as the regular season implications, of course. So I kind of want to talk maybe for Thursday about the recipe for beating this Iowa team. You said they average 88 a game, which is absurd. Real quick, I'm going to interrupt you just real quick. That last game of the season where IU does travel to Iowa City, that game has already been sold out for a few days, and it doesn't get right. played for another few weeks. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a big game. I know I yeah. know you both just said that already, but I just want to continue to emphasize that. Sorry, Can't continue. really emphasize how big these two matchups yeah. with Iowa are. Yes. Ideally, Thursday night will be a very, very big crowd as well. I would expect people waiting, and I would expect a very, very rowdy environment. But as I was saying, kind of how to break down and beat this Iowa team I mean, when we've seen Indiana have the most success this season, it's kind of too simple to say just making shots, but that's really what it comes down to when we've seen them at their best. It's when, even when Mackenzie Holmes was doubled, like we saw against Purdue so much, and she's been doubled all season, but that was maybe as aggressive as they as defenders have been on her, maybe all season. And she was finding open players, they just weren't knocking down shots. I wouldn't expect Iowa to be as aggressive on Holmes sending help, but I, you know, it's still because Sonano's just such a stout defender on her own. But I think it's going to come down to Garzon, Parrish, making those open shots, creating on their own, maybe a little bit of Scalia off the bench. Three-point shooting will be crucial in this game. Yeah, um, and I mean, you, you touched on it a little bit, uh, but the matchup I'm watching for most here is is not going to be stopping Caitlin Clark and whoever draws that assignment uh, most of the time. But I'll be looking inside. I mean, Mackenzie Holmes and uh, Monica Sinano are arguably the two best post players in at least the Big Ten. And you can make an argument that they're two of the best in the country. Obviously, Aaliyah Boston is probably number one there. But, um, I mean, these two players are very, very, very good post players who are at the top of their game. And... Obviously, Caitlin Clark always draws all the uh, the attention um, because, you know, she's putting up 40-point triple-doubles. I get why she's drawing that attention. But if you look at it, Monica Sinano getting involved is often more important for Iowa's success, um, which I have said to just about anyone who would listen this entire <laughs> season. But, I mean, they have four losses. In two of those losses, McKen- or, uh, Monica Sinano attempted four and seven shots, respectively. She scored five and eight points, respectively, in those games. That was against NC State and UConn. If Caitlin Clark kind of takes the uh, mentality of it needs to be her playing hero ball, which, again, Caitlin Clark playing hero ball can work. That's enough for a win. But if she takes that mentality and she's not on, and she's not having a game where she's going to hit 10 three-pointers or something ridiculous then they need to look at Monica Sinano, and if she doesn't look to get the ball to Monica Sinano, that ruins any sort of space that Caitlin Clark gets, and, you know, teams can really start to shut down Iowa, which we've seen admittedly rarely, but a couple times this season. Yeah, looking at from a team perspective, uh, the four losses Iowa has suffered this season 
It's given up an average of just under 90 points a game. Indiana comes in even after the Purdue games, averaging 81.3 points per game. So it's there's potential this game is scoring in the 90s either way. And Iowa's defense still gives up 70 points per game, which like with that medium between Indiana's offense and Iowa's defense, Indiana will probably be scoring a lot. But that leaves me to question whether Indiana will try to not play that way for some reason and will instead want to slow the pace down. I mean, they hold opponents to under 60 points a game. That's, like again, you're almost 30 points separated from Indiana points allowed versus Iowa points scored per game. So I'm curious, Matt, you've asked in a press conference about, oh, it was, it was a game you asked about someone who was – running running transition and you asked terry morin about you know whether or not she wanted to play that pace and she talked about how she liked she wanted this team to run up and down so it sounds like she'll want to run with iowa which is a dangerous game to play but yeah i mean uh kind of going off of what you just said there uh, terry morin i mean if you've heard any press conference this season she's probably said you know we hang our hats on the defensive end of the ball um and they do i mean you've if you watch this team as long as terry morin's been here they are defensive first. Uh, but, yeah, as you said, I mean, I I was asking about that. And, uh, you know, it seems like IU, when you when a team talks about that defensive mentality, you kind of inherently think, oh, that means they want to really slow the p- pace down and really, you know, grind the game to a halt, make sure no one's running, make sure the pace is real low. But, I mean, as Terry Morin said, and as we've kind of seen the team play this season – they have the speed and they have the talent and they have the athleticism to get out and run. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're getting into a shootout with this Iowa team is a dangerous proposition um, because anytime you're going against someone who can pull up from 40 feet beyond the arc, that's tough. But, like, IU's got the talent to run with them if they want to run. And Yeah, playing fast. I mean, the third quarter runs that we've seen in – seemingly every single game this season are perfectly are the perfect example of them wanting to play fast and not slowing down because especially in that Ohio State game then number two Ohio State who Indiana took down in Assembly Hall the third quarter run 27-6 I believe off the top of my head was 27-6 in the third quarter and it was off the backs of running in transition, getting steals, breakaway points, quick threes, and it wasn't half-court sets slowing down. And we just saw it yesterday, which was Sunday, when Indiana took down Purdue in Mackey Arena, The third, another third-quarter run. And anyone have the— 19-2. to 19-2. Two. Two. two points in only 10 two minutes. In 10 minutes. 19-2 to two was Indiana's third-quarter output. And again, it was in transition— they were running the entire 10 minutes. And, you know, you were saying, Matt, that you can't really, you don't want to get into a shootout with Iowa, but maybe outscoring them and running with them is the only way you can because when you slow down, it only takes a minute or two for them to get hot and go on a crazy run. I have breaking news, by the way, according to Indiana Women's Basketball Twitter. Uh, season finale at Iowa was originally scheduled for 4 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2 has now been flexed to 2 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. 
Oh, prime big time one. basketball. Oh, that'll be a great game. Big for women's basketball. Um, Huge for women's basketball, without a doubt. Will um, we be there? Well, we'll good, see. Good Pop question. <laughs> um, but going off of, I mean, just as you guys have said, the, the pace thing, um, I just looked this up. Did y'all know that Indiana is 10th in the country in points per game? Like, oh, yeah. for a yeah. defensive forward team, they're 10th in the country in points per game. Obviously, Iowa's number one. 88 points per game in the college game is unreal. 40 minutes to score 88 points? That's ridiculous. But um, Hoosiers are averaging 81 points per game. That's uh, I, I did not quite realize that that was 10th in the country. Um, yeah, so it'll be, uh, as you said, they, they, might, they might could just run with them. Um, and see how that goes. Yeah, I wanted to talk about this. We kind of uh, just skipped past it, but we talked a little bit about that first half. Kenzie Holmes struggled. She had two points. It was only in transition. And every time she touched the ball in the paint, she was either double or triple teamed by Purdue. By the time the ball got to her. Yep. Mm-hmm. By like it was instant, and she had nowhere to spin, nowhere to like. She really didn't even have much room to dribble out to look for a pass. It was they made life tough on her. And just kind of questioning both on, like, ahead of this matchup with Iowa, although they have Sonano, and just in terms of the future in, like, a tournament run or anything like that, did that stretch worry you where if Purdue's playing them within five, if you play a, you don't even have to say, like, a UConn, even if you play, like, an Arizona or someone like that, where they're they're a more talented team than Purdue, if teams can trap homes like that and their outside shooting isn't on like do you think this is a big concern for the future or do you think that was just a their shots weren't falling there were 15,000 people in the arena kind of kind of game I think it's more just an off day shooting kind of thing because as Terry Morin said a lot during this season the three-point shooting isn't going to be on every game and that's why she emphasizes defense and just kind of team-oriented offense as opposed to individual stars. But I think we've seen enough of a sample size all season from a shooting perspective to not be worried and just kind of think that that was more of a bad stretch because, as, as I said, when Indiana's at their best, it's them shooting, it's Holmes getting space. And I think the first half against Purdue, because the shots were open, I think that was just a bad stretch more than anything. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm inclined to agree with you. Uh, it will be interesting, though. Uh, I mean, Purdue yesterday, in that first half, they weren't able to keep it up the whole game. But in that first half, they showed a blueprint that could work for a more talented team to beat IU. I mean, they fully shut Mackenzie Holmes down. It Again, as you guys said, it cost them open allowing open three-pointers. But, yeah, I, I, think, I think we could... Uh, as we get into the end of this regular season and then once we get into conference and obviously NCAA tournament time, I think we could see a lot more teams have a really aggressive defensive strategy for Mackenzie Holmes like we saw Purdue. Because if you look at that uh, if you look at that game film, I mean, it's not that Mackenzie Holmes wasn't getting shots off or it's not that she wasn't making them. It's that they took her out of the game on the offensive end. Any time she touched the ball, she had to instantly pass it away and not, like, look around for an open pass. Like, she was able to do that a few times. I mean, she's a good player. Um, but, like, she just had zero time every time she touched the ball. And if a team like, you know, 
even an Ohio State level team, I think if they pulled that off well, they could pull off a win like pretty I'd soundly. E- I'd even say a Michigan. Which, yeah. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, uh, Indiana ended up nine of twenty six from three, which nine Mace is still way better than anything they could do last season pretty much. Yeah. So, but I think, and that was also with Yarin Garzon having an off game 0 for 4 from 3, and Chloe Moore McNeil shot 8 threes, and Sydney Parrish was also only 2 of 8 from 3. So it it's a huge risk-reward because when you saw the way Indiana played against like a UNC or when those outside shots are falling and like it just keeps raining, I don't think there's a single team in the country that can keep, like not even South Carolina. Like what are you supposed to do with that? I mean, you can counter in the post of the lead Boston, and they have a great team around her, but it's just three on three on three, and it can come from, like, everyone. No, like, it's, it's kind of wild to be saying this, but, like, if Indiana's on, they're the best team in the country. If they're playing hot, if they, like, that third quarter they put together yesterday, if they play like that, they're the best team in the country. Like, full stop. That's, and, it, which is a wild thing to to think about if you look at, like, where this team was five, ten years ago. But it's true. And a testament to, to South Carolina and UConn and these teams, too, is also that, like, if you were to say that about men's college basketball, that if this team is on, they're a top, they're the best team in the country. Like, you can say that probably, it could be, like, top 15 or top, there are probably Five or six teams that can say this in women's college basketball. Yes, there are there are a handful of teams who genuinely have a shot to win the title. IU is one of them. And, yeah, so that kind of play, I mean, it's not sustainable. It's not like they can have a whole tournament run where you're shooting, like, 50% from three on 25 attempts per game. But it's it's interesting to see, and, you know, when if we're going to see this pace being, ex- like, pushed to the max against Iowa – I'm very intrigued to see how it'll play out in terms of how many outside shots Indiana's going to put up or if they're going to just try to dump it down to Holmes and how effective they can be just shooting uh, percentage-wise. It'll be Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Iowa, Iowa plays Holmes. And I think it's also interesting that Purdue is kind of the first time that teams have made that big of an effort to stop Holmes, which is weird because of how dominant of a player she is. Because there's been times this year with like I said, for how good of a player she is, she's gotten some really easy 20-point games where there's just not a ton of resistance from the defense and they don't go out of their way to make efforts to change it. And I think, so kind of changing now, that might be a blueprint to stop this Indiana team because I think it's probably worth the risk in the end to let those open shots happen because, I mean, you're not just going to let Mackenzie Holmes drop 25 to 30 on you yeah, because she can at will. Yeah, um, uh, Purdue was smart about it too. If you want anyone shooting eight three pointers, it's probably Chloe Moore McNeil. Absolutely, yeah. she made three, but between her, Yarden Garzon, Sydney Parrish, Sydney or Sarah Scalia when she's on the court, you want it to. If be. If you're going to, if you have to give up a three pointer to any of those players, yeah, it's uh, Caitlin Clark. Uh, or pardon me. <laughs> no, thank you. Chloe Moore McNeil. Uh, sorry. Woo. His, um, his hate is seething in his mind. Right now. Hey now. Hey now. Um, I'm not a hater. Uh, all basketball is good basketball. Um, this is a reminder, by the way. There are five regular season games left. Yeah, we're coming down to it. There, 
yeah, we are less than a month away officially from the Big Ten tournament starting. Uh, this is the stretch, and I don't like it. Is not even a reach at all to say the winner of this game will probably win at least a share of the Big Ten title. Yeah, I don't know if we actually like said what the conference standings are right now. IU in this is all records in conference. IU's twelve and one. I was eleven and one, and then Maryland's ten and three, and then you drop down to nine and four. So both IU and Indiana, whoever wins this game, is going to have in terms of how many losses they have, a, a two-game buffer up on uh, Maryland and at least a two-game buffer up on Maryland and a one-game buffer up on whoever the loser of that game is. And obviously, there's no way they can lose the tiebreaker. Uh, you can split the series. But, yeah, um, I mean, I think Mar- Maryland also has their last two games of regular of the regular season. Actually, their last three games at Michigan State, home for Iowa, at Ohio State. Yeah. They're so, probably picking up one more loss. Yes. So, I I mean, at the beginning of the season, I think everyone was in agreement. IU and Indiana. They are, yeah. Iowa and Indiana. Oh, those eyes and, you know, too many eyes. Yeah. Uh, those were probably the two best teams in the conference coming into the season, and we're down to it, and they're still the top two in the conference, and I think that's uh, that's pretty true. If you watch, if you watch the conference, I mean, th- those are the two best teams in it. Before we wrap things up, I no. thought I'd give you an important update. Wait, real quick, no. real quick, real quick, real um, quick. So Thursday, obviously, I, I just I want to talk about fans, just basketball, like just fans in general, because yesterday was sold out. In Mackey Arena, or they said it was a sellout. I don't think fourteen thousand eight hundred seventy-six in a fifteen thousand person stadium. That's a sellout. Yeah. Um. It was a great crowd. Like it was a full crowd. There were a bunch of students. They were loud, and it was a rivalry environment. And we've seen a couple Indiana games this season have ten thousand fans at it. This one will also probably have, ten, hopefully, just as a as a as someone who's going to be in the stadium, it's a lot more fun to cover a game when there's 10,000 people there than when there's 10, uh, having covered COVID games with 10 people at them. Um, <laughs> but uh, just IU is 11th in the country in attendance, and Iowa is third. Obviously, I already talked about how Iowa's game is when Indiana goes there is going to be a sellout already. It's just I don't really have any grand point I'm getting to. That's just cool. I just like folks going to basketball games. That's awesome. It, it is a lot it's, more fun when it's a great environment. Yeah, and and uh, nothing crazy, but it's obvious. <laughs> no, no, it feels obvious. But yeah. like Terry Moore and, and the players have uh, Mackenzie Holmes has talked about it. Sydney Parrish has talked about it. Some. It's a. It's the. It's not only that this Indiana team is you know, they're probably the best Indiana women's basketball team ever. It's that the hype around the team has reached uh, – It's the hype has followed them, you know. As they've grown, as they've developed a team, the hype has continued. And uh, you can – it's cool. You can kind of feel it on campus the day before a big game now where it's like, oh, yeah, no, big Are game you, Yeah, up. you're going to the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is – again, I don't have a grand point there. Just basketball's I cool. I mean, I elaborate – a little earlier, it felt like even at this point where you're a couple days away, there was more promotion for the Ohio, the Ohio State game. Mm. And they were second at the time. And, and I was, was the fifth. head to the hall game. And, and I was fifth. 
But in but Indiana is the second ranked team in the country. First of all, that the first time in program history. That is yep. crazy to fathom. And then just add on top of it, like there are so many factors. You knew going into the season, this was going to be the game you want everyone at. And if you're listening to this, the game is a 6.30 tip-off. You can go to the game and be home by like 10 easily. Yes. Probably 9. Go to this game. It's free for students, as as all women's basketball games and, always are. And for students or for like younger friends or whoever, and if you think, oh, women's college basketball is boring. I want to watch men's basketball. First of all, you don't know you're ball. wrong. Yeah, you don't know, <laughs> don't ball. know ball. Women's no. basketball is, quite honestly, their fundamental, like their sets, their game. It's so much more entertaining. If like the ball movement, if you like just aesthetically pleasing basketball, and I know Terry Moore and people have asked her about like because they play aesthetically pleasing basketball, and people have asked her about it. She does not care. She has been very adamant that like she does not care if they win sloppily. But if you watch this, like it is. Fun basketball yeah. to watch. If you want athleticism, sure, you got me there. If you like the new era of basketball, and this is skilled basketball, like skilled players, you have the most skilled player in the country coming to Assembly Hall. Like, oh. Caitlin Clark is quite easily the most skilled college, women's college, not only the women's college basketball player. She has nine triple doubles. She is one of the, she's maybe the most skilled player in college basketball. IU, IU men's program, as a, the, the Indiana men's basketball program, five banners, they have three triple doubles all time. The women's program has three triple doubles as well for Indiana. That's six total as a school between two basketball programs. Caitlin Clark has 50% more than that as an individual. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Um, also, I, I mentioned how all students get in for free. If you're not a student, which we understand, um, you can get into the game for ten whole dollars for a number two versus number five in the country at Assembly Hall, one of the most historic basketball venues ever. This game should be it's Assembly Hall's hard place to sell out. I get it. This game deserves to be sold out. Mm-hmm. It's I a mean, top five team. Yeah, top we, five game. We are we are reporters at the end of the day who cover this Indiana team. But I think at, as unbiased reporters, we can agree that Indiana is an extremely fun team to watch. Iowa is an extremely fun team to watch. And this game will be an extremely fun game to watch, especially with a lot of students and a lot of fans there. And if That's you want extremely fun teams to watch. Okay, fine, no, fine. No. Your <laughs> Chicago State Panthers are on a three-game win streak, men's and women's teams. How about that? And an update. Your Hartford Hawks women's basketball won its first game of the season this weekend. We've got wins everywhere. I was about to say, that means, that means that every single team in D1 women's basketball has now won a game, right? Yep, they beat the mighty Northern Vermont University Johnson. Wait, yep. wait, wait. Their mascot's a... What? what <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's it's part of their full name. What? Northern Vermont University Dash Johnson. Oh, like that's there's the city is in Johnson, Vermont. Uh, Northern Vermont University. What's their mascot? The Johnsons? Johnson. <laughs> this, is, this is about to get real blue. <laughs> oh, these are just your your Johnson State Badgers. <laughs> what? Johnson State College is also what it can be referred to. 
So wait, it's it in 2018 it merged with Linden State College, also a school I've never heard of. Cool, to create Northern Vermont University. Is this a D1 program? They're not. There's this no is way. a Division three program. So okay, well you know what, Hartford, you still get the win. I mean, good for a you. A win is a win. A win's a win. Um, it's good to see everyone's getting wins. Uh, you know, you always feel bad when a college team ends the season with zero wins. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, you have any other seen. Chicago State updates, or you just want to I'm, tell us? They're that? just rolling. Three straight wins for both programs? That's impressive. Now, granted, the women's team, two of them came from over Hartford. So, like, well, back to back. You know. They play them twice again. So, they're playing like six times a year, which is sure. Independents yeah. got to stick together. The, the two independents in all of college uh, basketball. Um, I, I am. Okay, there you go. Uh, I, was, I was checking the Redbirds out. The Redbirds are 17 and 5 in women's hoops of Illinois State in, oh. in Bloomington Normal. These, and if you want to tie this all together, <laughs> no, this, this makes perfect sense. Illinois State Redbirds, 15 seed who fell to the Iowa Hawkeyes in the NCAA tournament last season. Look how much slack I have. Sorry, I don't realize we're still doing the podcast. <laughs> I'm now standing up and walking around. Illinois uh, State, your Missouri Valley Conference favorites. Pretty sure I checked Bractology and they were like a 13. Yeah, they so might no, have a little like, run in them. Like they genuinely will probably make the NCAA tournament. This is now maybe on topic again. My my sister played with one of the players. Fun fact. There you go. Do you want to point out that you're actually from Bloomington Normal? Or I not? am from Bloomington. Okay, Normal, there you Illinois, go. There you go. If we've not addressed this, um, roll birds. Any any other? Uh, yeah, we can get we, we we can get back to this. I I just want to ask the question: Is does not have to pertain to this matchup alone? In the two matchups with Iowa, at least two guaranteed matchups with Iowa, will a team score a hundred points? I just want to ask. It's I'm, a lot, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. I think we'll get ninety five plus. I think we'll get low to mid nineties, and that's the highest. I'm ex- I would expect both games to be both teams score eighties, if I had to guess. But it wouldn't shock me if either team got in the nineties. But I'm gonna say no to a hundred points. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with uh, Matt there. Um, I mean Iowa, even when they're not playing a level a team of IU's defensive level, they've only scored a hundred points what three times this season. Um, it's hard to score a hundred points. I mean that's just a flat out truth, and I I don't think there's any way this IU team. Or, quite frankly, this Iowa team gives up 100 points to the, an opponent. Mm. Um, I, they're both just too good. I think, I don't know if it was Fran McCaffrey or someone, but someone cursed Carver Hawkeye Arena at some point and said, there is not supposed to be defense played here. And that principle kind of holds true for both programs. No offense, but I mean. As, as opposed to the uh, football stadium right outside where they only, <laughs> only play, defense. play defense. That's right. But Sorry, Brian Ferentz got his new contract today. Iowa, if you want to laugh, go look it up. Iowa's defense is notably worse than Indiana's, and their offense really isn't that much notably better than Indiana's. So, predictions for Thursday. Who's going to win? <laughs> Shout out to the real listeners who waited through the Chicago State talk to get to our predictions at the end. Of course. Thank you to our loyal handful, potentially, yeah. of, of listeners. Anyway. Our sea of listeners. If, you, if you're listening to this, uh, text one of us, because I assume if you're listening to this, you have one of our phone numbers. Absolutely. If Helen's mom, if you're actually listening <laughs> to this point, we appreciate you so much. Yes. 
Always, um, always love the fans. Okay. We we appreciate our editor in chief. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Facts. I will not give a score prediction for Thursday. Don't need a score. I will just say Indiana wins close. Yeah. Um I mean I use undefeated at home this season. It's they have when they get hot. I just don't see any team beating this IU team. I think IU will get the win Thursday, but I do think when IU, I know we'll do another podcast before then, but I do think when IU goes to Carver-Hawkeye at the end of the season, I think Iowa's going to win that one. Can I give a hot take for Thursday? Oh, hell yeah. I got one. I love hot takes. Yarden Garzon scores at least 25 points. Oh, my goodness. Against the Iowa Hawkeyes. How many three-pointers? I will say she gets at least 25 points coming from a minimum of six three-point all righty. I like it. I, I like the hot take. I have a hot take on a similar note. Your leading scorer for the Indiana Hoosiers, Sydney Parrish, is on fire. She is silencing the, the paint crew at Mackey Arena. She is holding that form. She's about to light this place up. I, that's a, uh, you know, that I, I can agree with that take. Uh, I, do do we want to do a leading scorer of the game? You already kind of gave it. You both kind of gave it. Okay, I well, guess I'll give mine. Leading scorer for IU because I yes, assume yes. Yeah. Caitlin Clark will not hot take. Caitlin Clark will lead the game in scoring, regardless of win or loss. Yes. Um, <laughs> by the way, uh, Yarden Garzone, her season high for made three pointers is five. Um, six isn't by any means out of her no. uh, ability, mm-hmm. but uh, it would set a new season high for her. Um, you know, you guys took the. The exciting hot take answers. I'll just say, uh, I'll just say, Graceburg. We haven't seen a Graceburg true domination game since she came back from injury. Um, I mean, we kind of have, but you know, we haven't seen her truly take over. Like, you know, we've seen her take over before. Then where she just demands the ball every play, and she's gonna score, and she's gonna go down and score. Um, I think we could see a game like that from Graceburger today, or pardon me, Thursday. Uh, I didn't really give a prediction. I will. It's really tough. I don't want to curse this team because I'd feel bad. <laughs> but I'd, I'll say Indiana wins. It's Assembly Hall. They love these fans. Um, You're not going to take the fall of being the one of us to, to get a little variety? No, Matt, Matt, Matt Savory has become our, our group hater, so I'll, I'll let him <laughs> hate when he wants. <laughs> um, I have a question. Monica Sanano over under... 18 points. I think it'll be around that. I'll say over. 20, 20 to 22 feels about right. I think 18 is a good number because I think if she scores over 18, Iowa wins. And if she scores under 18, Iowa probably loses. Um, I'll, I'll, well, I guess I said I said Iowa loses, so I guess I'll say she scores under 18. I'll say 16. There um, you go. Anything else? Pack the hall. Yeah, Thursday pack the night. hall. Pack the hall. Uh, read our stories on IDSnews.com. Yeah, support student Actually, journalism, yep. support local journalism, IDSnews.com, no spaces. And this is the only game of the week, so I guess we'll talk to you next time on Monday. Recapping uh, however it goes Thursday. And, yep. And this is the Payoff Podcast, signing off.